Hello, all you wonderfully strange and unusual creatures. I'm Corey. And I'm Courtney. And this is Sinister Crimes and Cocktails, a true crime show that digs into the dark depths of sinister minds, their menacing crimes, and mistakes left behind, all while sipping on a sinister cocktail masterminded by Corey for each episode. We want to first start out by saying that our sinister cocktails featured for each episode is just to help us lighten the mood a bit on the dark and horrific crimes we cover. And in no way, shape, or form are we trying to make light of the horrific crimes. Please know our hearts go out to the victims, their families and friends, and law enforcement affected by each of the cases we cover. Okay, Corey, what sinister cocktail have you masterminded for a Christmas bonus episode? I'm calling this one Bad Santa. One ounce of vodka, one ounce of Irish cream liqueur, one ounce of rum chata, one ounce of Mexican hot chocolate syrup. I used boila. It's one of my kids' favorite. That's what I used. Sorry, I don't speak. Yeah, sorry, I don't speak Spanish very well. And one ounce of heavy whipping cream. Combine all the ingredients into a shaker with some ice and give it a good 10-second shake. Double strain it into a martini glass of your choice. Top it off with some whipped cream, red sprinkles, and marshmallows. And enjoy. It's so fucking good. It is an adult hot chocolate. It's so yeah, fucking good. so it's kind of like a Mexican hot chocolate, Mexican hot cocoa, but colder and, you know, smoother. So it's really super good. Fucking delicious. Definitely Christmassy for sure. Yes, it is. <laughs> I like your garnishes too on it. Made it extra festy. Thank you very much. Merry Christmas. Go check out the picture on the web pages and the Instagrams and all the other good stuff. Corey made it very Christmassy. <laughs> I did. I made it Christmassy this time. <laughs> so all you wonderfully strange and unusual creatures, pour yourself a cocktail and settle in for this sinister true crime. A Christmassy filled of crimes. Believe us, you're gonna need it. Regardless of whether you take part in the Christmas traditions or not, most everyone in the world is familiar with the plump, jolly guy dressed in a velvet red suit, fashioned with a big, shiny belt buckle and clunky black boots as the face of Christmas. Sorry, Jesus, but it's kind of true. Unfortunately, yeah. As part of our Christmas traditions, we sing carols of praise as well as those embedded with Santa himself. One such popular Christmas carol sung by Americans is Santa Claus is Coming to Town. But have you ever stopped to really listen to the lyrics? If you haven't, the bubbly little ditty seems rather to be a cautionary warning that is embedded with St. Nick's criminal activities. In case you need a refresher, a few of the lyrics are, He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good. So be good for goodness sakes. If those few verses were about anyone else other than the man with the rosy cheeks and snow white beard, our alarm bells would be sounding off loudly. So, is Santa the kind and benevolent man we think he is, or is the man in the dashing red suit a sinister criminal who has been operating right under our noses for hundreds of years without us ever giving a second thought to his misdeeds? (laughs) We have all been taught that Santa Claus, also known as Father Christmas, Kris Kringle, Saint Nick, and Papa Noel, is a kind and selfless man who dedicates his life to rewarding good little boys and girls all over the world with toys that he and his elves have worked tirelessly making throughout the year. But have you ever thought that maybe all that hard work might be the doings of a criminal mastermind? We thought it would be fun to investigate some potential crimes that the big man himself commits during his Christmas endeavors from both the prosecution and the defense side. And just so you know, don't come at us because this is supposed to be silly and fun. You know what I mean? We're taking a little break from the hard stuff that we've been covering. I'm I'm not going to lie. I'm going to go out here right now and say I was never a really big fan of Santa Claus. I was lucky growing up that I had an uncle that would play Santa Claus, so he didn't creep me out too bad. But the mall Santas and that kind of stuff, no, not a fan of them. Still not a fan of them. Never put my kids on some stranger's lap to take pictures with. I'm sorry. I know it's all in good festive fun, but I'm I'm a little too warped and I know a little too much to be doing that stuff. And can I make a public service announcement? 
announcements really quick. For all of you parents that take your kids to go see Santa, if they are crying and don't want to sit on a strange man's lap, do not make them. Kind of a torturous way. It's like, don't do that. I, I love when I see these pictures of the babies that were screaming and crying, reaching for their moms from Santa's lap. I'm just like, you poor children. We're already traumatizing them right off the bat. Yeah, we are. I know a lot of people and I have a lot of people that are friends of mine that really are not Santa fans. Didn't like him, very scared of him. You know, and then me, I'm going to be honest with you, I was a scared little kid. Like I, I was scared of the dark. I still am scared of the dark. Don't sneak up on me because I will turn around and knock the living crap out of you. Ask my husband. I love you, honey. He will tell you real quick. You don't sneak up on me and scare me. I don't have a flight. I have a fight. So yeah, you do. Around. I'm going to turn around <laughs> and, and be swinging. But for me, when I was little, I thought of somebody sneaking into my house. <laughs> the living shit out of me. And my parents were wonderful, especially my mom. She always tried to make Christmas fun. And I'm the same way for my kids. But to sit here and think about it, I was like, I don't want no creepy man coming through my house. But what was really funny is my daughter was little. She was probably about, I guess, three or four years old. And so we were wrapping Christmas gifts. My daughter's like, I don't think I want Christmas gifts from Santa. And me and my husband are like, what are you talking about? And she's like, well, I don't want him to come in our house. That's not right. He shouldn't come into our house. That's that the- would be your daughter. Yeah. So then that's where the elves appear. So analytical. <laughs> so <laughs> we had to get some elves because she was like, I'm under this creepy guy coming into my house while I'm sleeping at night. So I feel bad for that kind of thing because I'm like, these poor kids, somebody creeping in my house while I'm sleeping is not fun. <laughs> you know, I mean, when you start thinking about the, the whole premise behind Santa, it just really comes from a different time where people left their doors open. They didn't lock them. They didn't have to worry about their kids getting murdered or killed or anything like that. It was just a different time. So moving forward to this, this is very, very sad situation all the way around because with the ways that this world has changed, and become so unstable and so violent that now kids thought of some strange man walking in the house isn't very jolly. (laughs) Nope, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of scary. Let's first start off with one of Santa's most obvious crimes, unlawful surveillance and invasion of privacy. Well before St. Nick's annual Christmas Eve crime spree, he is engaged in the worldwide monitoring of children's naughty and nice behavior that makes the NSA efforts of global monitoring look like child's play. I know, right? The first thing we teach him is he sees you when you're sleeping and he knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good. That's fucking scary. (laughs) But the same note, we're telling our kids, hey, if some weirdo, creepy person starts looking at you and walking you and following you, you tell somebody right away. I'm surprised there's not more kids reporting Santa to the cops. No shit. (laughs) (laughs) Those resource officers at the schools are going to be busy. (laughs) (laughs) Knowing when each of an estimated 526 million Christian children under the age of 14 is sleeping and when they are awake necessitates a remarkably intrusive spying operation, which would require highly advanced technology to gather so much intel, thus making it easy for the prosecution to argue that Santa is in fact violating surveillance laws. He's breaking all kinds of surveillance laws. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Father Christmas also better watch out while monitoring the children of Britain and make sure that he adheres to the 2018 Data Protection Act. If it turns out that the strict rules called the data protection principles aren't followed, data collected on children both on the naughty and nice list are at risk of being lifted by organized crime, fraudsters, and hackers. If found guilty of violating the Data Protection Act in Britain, Santa could face a fine of up to 17.5 million pounds. God, that's a lot. (laughs) There's a lot of money. But you know, I think it's so high because if you really look at that law, was not made for Santa. Let's get real. (laughs) That law was made for like other countries spying on Britain is what that law was made for. So I think that's why the fine is so stiff. I would concur. The prosecution could also argue that Papa Noel is not only committing unlawful surveillance, but also an invasion of privacy. 
The fact that he knows when children are awake or sleeping and knows if they have been bad or good suggests that not only is Santa a peeping Tom, but also a stalker who has a fixation with children. Like I said at the beginning of this, these things were made up in a time where people weren't concerned with leaving their houses locked up, weren't concerned with their kids playing outside because the world hadn't taken a nasty turn as it has today. So fast forwarding today, it is kind of creepy to teach your kids. It's okay for this weirdo to come in your house and watch you while you sleep and stalk you while you're awake, but it's not okay for anybody else. <laughs> Agreed. So if I was a weirdo and I really wanted to get into some kids, I mean, all I got to do is dress up like a Santa and walk around, act like I'm Santa. Yep. However, the defense could argue that disgruntled parents are the ones who provide a lot of information for Chris Kringle's massive naughty or nice list. The defense could further argue that by parents teaching their children about Santa and all of his Christmas magic are giving consent for their children to be spied on by the portly man whose belly shakes like a bowl full of jelly when he laughs. The prosecution may also have a case for home invasion. At first glance, it would seem Santa is the Al Capone of breaking and entering houses. One would think that the prosecution would have enough evidence to try Chris Kringle of a multitude of criminal trespassing and burglary charges. As its name implies, breaking and entering often involves using force to enter private property. Most states in the U.S. define breaking and entering as an illegal entry onto property. This is usually done to commit a crime, such as burglary, but it is not necessary to file charges and obtain a conviction. Therefore, the prosecution wouldn't necessarily have to prove that Santa intended to commit a crime, just that he was breaking and entering. Plus, with a significant number of millions of chimneys jolly old St. Nick slips down on Christmas Eve every year, the prosecution could argue that he does not have documentary evidence of approval from each house he visits. You naughty little Santa. (laughs) (laughs) It's a whole different story when you start looking at it like from this point, right? Yeah, it is. But Father Christmas is not your traditional thief. If anything, he is quite the opposite, leaving gifts for children. Assuming he just enters without breaking in, eats his cookies, drinks his milk, and deposits the gifts and leaves, the defense could argue that he neither commits any crimes nor intended to commit any crimes while in your house. Sure. When you talk about burglary in Texas, it's entering a habitation or a building. The building does not have to be habitated or any building that's not open to the public. Like, So if Santa wanted to go hang out in a public museum, he could do it unless it's after hours and it'd be more of a criminal trespass issue. So him going into a house and it's with an intent to commit either a felony, a theft, or an assault in the state of Texas. So with that in mind, what does Santa do when he's breaking? into the houses to leave us gifts. If you, that's all he did, that's fine. If you left out cookies and milk for him, that's fine. He can eat them. But if he comes in your house and he's breaking into your liquor cabinet like my Santa does, and he is ruffling through the refrigerator for leftovers, he's already in trouble. He's already broken the law. So he walks a thin line there, court in Texas, when it comes to burglary. I would fucking agree. As to criminal trespass, Santa would likely be able to get off on this charge as well. By leaving out cookies and milk, decorating, and generally getting in the holiday spirit, we are inviting Santa into our homes. So as long as he doesn't overstep his welcome and sneak into your liquor cabinet, he should be okay. But this is interesting. Even if you invite him in, even if you left cookies and milk out all the time, which by the way, hashtag my kids do it all the time because they forget to put their shit back up or they clean them after themselves. That doesn't mean I want somebody to come in. Doesn't mean I want people coming in and eating my cookies and drinking my milk. You know what I mean? I don't know that that elevates the level of you've invited him in to come on in and just do whatever he wants. I mean, you're not awake when he comes in. So technically, have you really invited him in? I would agree with that. There you go. Where Santa might also run into legal issues could depend on what was in the glass of milk you left for him. 
In some households across the world, families add a bit of a warming agent into the milk to help Santa warm up during his blistering cold flights. I will tell you, the Santa in my house every Christmas sneaks into my liquor cabinet. <laughs> I don't know what he I thinks he, he is. Last night, the elves got into my liquor cabinet. I mean, they freaking drink half a bottle of whiskey. got a lot of good shit in there. I'm just telling you, I was so mad. <laughs> I woke up this morning. They're drunk, passed out, you know, half bottle of whiskey drink that was expensive bottle of whiskey. Thank you very much. It was not cheap. Damn little elves. I'm going to hide on my other stuff. Even if you have cheap shit, sometimes elves get into it. Let me tell you, they sip a little too much on it. They forget to leave to the North Pole and come back and be somewhere different. Mm Mm-hmm. Depending on how many of these milk toddies Santa consumes, he could possibly be charged with driving under the influence. Now, Father Christmas doesn't technically drive on Christmas Eve, but he's still in charge of a vehicle, even if it's a magical flying sleigh pulled by a load of reindeer. The prosecution could argue that surely after having a few sips from thousands of spiked milks, he would most definitely be over the legal limit. However, the defense could demand a proof of a blood test or a breathalyzer to prove that St. Nick was in fact over the limit, but that would have to be obtained during the act, which officers so far have never been given a reason to pull over his sleigh. The prosecution could also argue that Santa's magical flying sleigh carrying his velvety red satchel filled to the brim with toys is not exempt from crimes being committed on Christmas Eve. The famous sleigh pulled by Papa Noel's reindeer with himself at the helm commits numerous FAA regulations as well as numerous breaches of sovereign airspace. Regarding his flight across the U.S. sky, Santa would need a pilot's license and would also need to file a flight plan with the FAA. In this post-9-11 world, he could be looking at some very stiff penalties and possibly some significant jail time if caught. And then there is the problem of transporting contraband over international boundaries, which is illegal. Now, unless Father Christmas has some sort of agreement with the world's government, making him exempt from custom checks and excise laws, the carrying of unchecked and unregistered items across multiple countries is a serious offense. Hell yeah, it is. Uh However, the defense could argue that if Santa were only entering those countries in airspace that celebrated Christmas, They were knowingly allowing him to enter sovereign airspace as well as moving contraband internationally. Dun, 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 dun. (laughs) I feel like he's getting away with a lot. I feel like Santa gets away with a whole lot. I'm hoping that, you know, at some point, maybe he files his flight plan. Maybe that's how they know where he's at. They always say they use the radar system to find him. But I mean, I feel like if they're having to use radar system to find him, that means he hasn't filed his flight plan with the FAA. I would agree with that. St. Nick may also be committing infractions of labor and employment laws. With up to a billion presents to deliver on Christmas Eve, it would not be a surprise if Santa makes sure that his elf workforce is putting the pedal to the metal as the big night approaches. Prosecutors could argue that there is no proof that the elves who work in the North Pole's toy factory are paid anything other than lodging and board, making them more indentured servants working on their lord's estate rather than paid employees or even independent contractors. Furthermore, does Santa even provide pensions, disability benefits, or have an adequate workspace and safety measures in place for the elves who so tirelessly work for him? I feel like Santa's workshop is diving back into the 1700s, where, you know, they didn't care about workforces. They didn't care about labor laws. He's just done. like, get the shit done. Let's go. But in all honesty, they don't work all year long, right? They don't really gear up until after Thanksgiving. That's when the workshop really starts to burn the midnight oil. So I feel like if you're slipping my ties most of the year on a beach somewhere with Santa on vacation, the little elves, I mean, you know, you might be okay just working for a couple of weeks. I would agree with that. I don't know that 
I would argue labor offenses on this one. <laughs> <laughs> and please don't tell my kids because they're going to be like, you make us do that stuff all the time, Mom. <laughs> the defense, though, could argue that since Santa's workshop is in a magical area of the North Pole, labor and employee rights could differ up there. Plus, the fact that the North Pole is not owned by any country and is under international law might make it extremely hard to prove that infractions of labor laws have occurred. Well, that kind of depends, though, because there's a North Pole, Alaska. So which North Pole are we talking about? It is here? not fucking Alaska. And a North Pole, Alaska, Santa's no, house is there. No, it's not that one. There's too many people there. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. I'm just saying. I've been there. I visited it. That's not where it it's is. very nice. That's I, the fake I one. I own like a little square of the tile on that building that you can buy for <laughs> 10 bucks. I own that. So I own like a point zero 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 eight of a square <laughs> of Alaska. I don't get any good benefits out of it, but it's still fun to have it. Now, the prosecution may not just have a case for infractions of labor laws against the elves that Santa is committing, but also possibly the reindeer, too. The American Animal Welfare Act is the regulation and standards of treatment of animals by personnel as well as the housing and caring for animals, such as proper nutrition, proper housing, exercise, and medical care. If found guilty of these infractions, jail time and a hefty fine can occur. In accordance with the United Kingdom's Animal Welfare Act of 2006, Santa will need to make sure that his reindeer have a suitable diet and environment, exhibit normal behavior patterns, and are fully protected from pain, suffering, and injury. The prosecution could argue that forcing eight or nine reindeer to globe trot for an entire night while pulling a sleigh filled with billions of toys appears harsh and immoral. That's a lot of work for Rudolph and his friends to manage without an injury. Furthermore, is the environment even right for the reindeer, whether magical or not, to be flying thousands of feet in the air? The defense, however, could argue that because the reindeer are in fact magical, they are proficient at pulling large loads, can work endless hours, and are quite capable of breathing that high in the sky. There is also the little problem of the North Pole being under international law, which could lead the defense to argue that there are not any laws pertaining to animal welfare. Very well, they could argue those laws. I mean, the whole magical thing, eh, I don't know that you could really argue that. I don't think that's going to go over very well in a court of law. But you are right about the North Pole not being part of any country. The international laws would govern it or not. I don't know. I think they'd have to be part of the international community in order to have to follow those laws. I don't think the prosecutors would have much of a leg here. I would agree. Without a doubt, Santa has a monopoly on the Christmas present industry and giving away commercial things for free limits competition and harms competitors. This could give the prosecution an argument for infringements on trademark, copyrights, and patent laws as well. With each toy or book that is made in the Elves Workshop that is a replica of another's and not from their own creation is in fact infringing on these laws which seems more than enough for the prosecution to have a case against St. Nick for antitrust violations and the theft from competitors. I don't know, because Walmart's pretty fucking good at this. They do the same kind of thing. So while they don't get their goods from locally here in the United States, most of their goods are from overseas, and we have no control on the overseas labor force or workforce or anything like that. I feel like Walmart's kind of taken a, a page from Santa's book here. I can see that. So I don't know that he would fall under trademark laws, because I feel like Walmart's figured it out, too. I wonder That's if like true. Sam, what was his name? What's the one that started Walmart? Sam Walton, I think is his name or something like that. I wonder if him and Santa had like lunch together and he was like, hey, can you teach me? Show me your ways. <laughs> Show me your ways. When it comes to stuff like this, Santa truly is the first Monopoly kind of guy when you think That's about true. it. I mean, bad work environments. He makes them work all night if you really want to go there with that. And he found people who 
don't really have a country to belong to, so they have no protection. And he makes them work, 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 and produce and put out as much as possible. And he makes them work for all their stuff. You know, I'm just saying. But I feel like Walmart kind of does the same thing. They get their stuff from the same kind of people. I don't know how you'd fall under trademark laws. Just saying. But once again, the defense could argue that companies displaying Christmas decorations in their store and offices, in addition to using Santa's face to sell such items, is in fact agreeing to allow the elves to make replicas. Now, these are just a few of Santa's potential crimes, with there still being quite a few more. But it would take a harsh judge to find or even send Father Christmas to jail for any of these crimes. Although they are worth remembering just in case you catch Kris Kringle stuffing your stocking full of coal this Christmas Eve, maybe remind him of some of his misdeeds and he might just upgrade your gifts. (laughs) Okay, Corey, is Santa a kind and benevolent old man or is he a criminal mastermind? (laughs) Well, I'm going to have to go with Santa on this one. I don't think Santa has any mischief going on in him. Although I don't really like how he conducts himself in his conduct, but you know, I get it. There has to be some kind of magical sense to St. Nick. He's got a lot of magic to be able to get around the world like he does. So I wouldn't say he's a criminal mastermind, but he does get away with a lot. I'll tell you that much. A lot of stuff that the normal people wouldn't get away with. But, you know, at the end of the day, he's a jolly old guy. He is. Hope you guys really, really enjoyed this one. And Merry Christmas. And Merry Christmas. And remember, don't come at us. We're just hopefully educate you in some laws. Yep. Thanks to good old St. Nick. (laughs) Well, as always, stay stay strange and unusual. We'll be back next week with another cocktail and a new tale of sinister minds or menacing crimes and mistakes they left behind. Thanks for listening. Please don't forget to subscribe and download us on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite show. Want the recipe to try Corey's Sinister Cocktail from today's episode? Or have any constructive feedback or true crime stories you would like to hear us cover? Or even Sinister Cocktail recipes for us to try? Email us at SinisterCrimesAndCocktails at gmail.com. Visit our website, www.SinisterCrimesAndCocktailsPodcast.com, Facebook page, Sinister Crimes and Cocktails, and our Instagram page, Sinister Crimes and Cocktails. Love what you heard? And want to help support our show or donate to our Sinister Cocktail Fund? You can donate to our cash app at money sign Sinister Crimes, all one word, and we will give you a shout out on our next episode and which fund you donate to. Thank you. Thank you.